IBA Talk, the Insurance Business America podcast. This episode is presented in partnership with AtBay. An engineering approach to risk is an important part of a business's defense strategy when it comes to repelling cyber attacks and ransomware. So how can cyber issues be identified before they hit? To discuss this and more, we are joined by Roman Itzkovich, co-founder and chief risk officer for AtBay, and Dave Furstenberg, chief underwriting officer for HSB. Everybody and welcome to IBA Talk, the Insurance Business America podcast. I'm Bethan Moorcraft, Senior Editor at Insurance Business, and today I'm very excited to welcome two special guests to the show. We've got Dave Furstenberg, Chief Underwriting Officer at HSB, and Roman Iskovich, Co-Founder and Chief Risk Officer at CyberMGA at Bay. And today we're going to be taking a deep dive into all things cyber insurance. Dave, Roman, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Yeah, I did all that. So Dave, before we get started, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'd love to. I've had a, a long and very diverse insurance career. Uh, the last five years as a chief underwriting officer, um, only a little over one with HSB. Prior to that, uh, I was chief underwriting officer at the Hartford Insurance Group. Uh, and then before that, uh, roughly oh, 20 to 25 years running a variety of insurance businesses as either a divisional executive or a CEO. Uh, started my career in underwriting uh, a long time ago, back with Chip. So, and it's been a very fulfilling and wonderful career. <laughs> Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Uh, Roman, how about you? Um, so a, a bit of a different background. Um, so just before AdBay, uh, I helped build an online lending business. Uh, I was based in London. I lived in Europe for five years. Um, and before that, I was in private equity looking at financial services. Um, so a much shorter career uh, than Dave's. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, um, I want to start by taking a look at your partnership. Obviously, HSB and AtBay are working together. HSB is AtBay's reinsurance partner. Um, so I'm guessing you two know each other pretty well. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start. Yes, Roman and I work very closely together, uh, particularly as the, uh, as the cyber market has entered a period of turbulence in 2021. Uh, I would say I've spent um, more time with Roman than uh, almost all, but my very closest colleagues at HSB plus my wife. <laughs> That's great. Maybe yeah, yeah, my can... wife. Now that I think of it, <laughs> uh, I will take that as a compliment. Um, so yeah, we've been uh, working with HSB for over five years now, uh, and you know, with Dave over the last year, but with other you know senior management for for a long period of time. So yeah, I think. Uh, I think we we have a you know a strong partnership and also a very good sense of uh, how each other does, how each of us does business. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, Dave, what did HSB and AtBay see see in each other um, when you initiated the partnership? Well, speaking for HSB, um, you know, simply put, we see and saw uh, 
these many years ago, a close cultural and strategic fit. You know, 155 years ago, just to just to, to just to make the point, uh, 155 years ago, HSB began operating in what we call the intersection of emerging technology, engineering, and insurance risk. Back when steam boilers were the new dangerous thing, uh, cyber is today's emerging volatile risk uh, that calls out for more than just an insurance product, but in addition to that, an engineering approach and. Uh, Cybersecurity was clearly uh, at Bay's core mission uh, when it founded, remains so today. Um, and as far as I can tell, Roman and his colleagues have created the most uh, complete and successful risk mitigation model I'm aware of. Yeah, and, and look, from our end, you know, at that time, we were looking for partners in the insurance world because, because uh, we had a sense of what to do about the cyber uh, risk, but... Uh, we had very little sense five years ago about how you do insurance around it. And, you know, one of the things that works, you know, exciting about, about HSB is, I don't know, I don't know if it's common knowledge, but about half of the company are engineers at HSB. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while I don't get to work a lot with them and, you know, it's a very different field, you know, steam boilers is, is to some extent, the day-to-day is different than cyber attacks, but the mindset it remains. I mean, it's, this is the mindset of how you, Think about risk in a more technological way and not just the financial aspect of it. And also, how do you mitigate and manage it, you know, and not only through insurance tools like sublimits and, and pricing, but also through technological terms like, you know, best practices and, and technical uh, recommendations. Uh, and that was one of the things that, that attracted us to this relationship. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's that that cultural fit is obviously so important in a partnership like this. Um, so it's great to hear that that's going really well. Um, so the cyber market, we're going to zoom in on that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's fair to say it's pretty challenging at the moment. Um, a lot of people throwing around the term hard market. Rates are going up. It's, you know, there's a lot going on. So, you know, how has this last year been uh, for HSB um, and at bay? Dave, I'll come to you first. Well, for HSB, um, it's been a good year. You know, we've we've uh, produced consistently good results in cyber for the entire time we've been in the market, and um, and honestly, this year has validated uh, what has been a decade plus investment in cyber insurance. Uh, and it's also, you know, frankly, in light of what we were saying a moment ago, validated our decision. Uh, nearly five years ago to partner with that bay as a really important part of our strategy. Um, so uh, g- good year, good year for HSB and uh, uh, bullish about the future. I would say that, uh, you know, taking the bay view, so I, I second all that. I think this was a year of both a lot of growth for us and, and you know, and good, strong results. Um, but I think that what's interesting is that, you know, when we started out, uh, we started with a, with an underwriting thesis and a risk management thesis. You know, the, the mindset was it's a new risk. Uh, it's going to take over the world if it hasn't already. And someone needs to figure out what to do about it. And that is a very difficult uh, value proposition when the market is soft. Everyone is sure they're making a ton of money and no one wants to hear about your risk mitigation and, and underwriting acumen, they all want the cheapest price with the most coverage and that's about it. And, you know, and we've been, uh, we've been at it because, you know, we would take the long view and, you know, we don't think that, uh, we don't think that how the wider market has approached the last few years is, is necessarily the right approach without kind of this risk mitigation capability. 
And now that the market is harder and people are looking hard at the terms and the capacity, you know, we find that suddenly, you know, it's kind of a five years of work for an overnight success. And suddenly what we, what we say uh, resonates, you know, having more security is a good thing. Looking at your security position as, as part of the, of the insurance package is something that, you know, suddenly the wider market is talking about as well. So to me, you know, if I put kind of the financial results aside for a second, this is also the right environment to make the arguments and the demands, if you will, that we have from our insurance and the market about how you manage this risk. So overall, I think positive. So you had a little bit of a leg up this year. I mean, it's a uh, financial risk and, and insurance risk. And I know less about insurance risk than Dave, but financial risk has this tendency to still be there, whether you know about it or not. And, you know, we felt that we, that the market approach or kind of the, the traditional approach to cyber risk is, 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 is lacking. And we couldn't prove it for a few years because everyone was profitable, you know, until they weren't. Um, but the risk has been there all along. It's just a matter of it sometimes takes a bit of time to, to show up, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And just maybe an additional point on that. You know, I've been in the cyber market uh, for the five years since I've returned to underwriting. Um, and I've been struck by how difficult it's been to persuade uh, small to mid-sized business people that they need cyber insurance, let alone cybersecurity. And um, you know what's occurred in 2021 has absolutely driven home the message to everybody that they need security and they need financial protection and they need um, somebody who is expert with them when they experience an incident. So um, that's what I, I think Roman and I are both saying relative to validation of our investment in our patients in just doing the right thing every day. And eventually, and I think eventually came in 2021, uh, the marketplace and the small business community, mid-sized business community really recognizes that, yep, it's time to pay attention to this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even just not from an insurance standpoint or even financial risk, it's impossible not to see, you know, the headlines every mm -hmm. week. There's a something in the news about a hack or, a, you know, ransomware attack. So I think everyone is paying attention, which is good. Um, yeah, I, I would I would add to this, you know, I've seen the statistics somewhere recently that uh, for small and medium businesses, there is a higher chance now to go bankrupt because of a ransomware event than it is from all the traditional property perils like, you know, fires and storms and floods and all that stuff. Uh, and that makes sense because you have more of those attacks and also the businesses are more digital. You know, if you are, if every, your information is in the cloud, you don't care about any property damage, but you do care a lot about the cyber attack. And the, the reality is just different. Uh, these days. Oh, and, and the reality for traditional property losses following a serious interruption of any small to mid-sized business, there's a very high likelihood that that business never reopens. I mean, that's always been a really, really high likelihood, and it's even more so with cyber. Um, so really, everybody's paying attention now, and that's great. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so Dave, I'm going to pick on your uh, years of experience in our next question. Um, so, you know, as I said, people are throwing around the term hard market in cyber, and I, I think, it's, you know, that's a, a fair assessment. Um, you've seen hard markets in the past, but how does this compare to like previous hard markets that you've experienced? 
Yeah, I've uh, I figured that question was coming, and I uh, I've thought about it some. You know, I've been around long enough to have seen. Now this is the fourth. Um, so I've been through three cycles, and now we're in the in in my fourth hard market. And the first one was early in my career was triggered by what I would call a genuine capacity crunch. There, for a variety of reasons, there literally wasn't financial capacity to step up to certain risks, and so literally the market went haywire. That was accompanied by the usual, you know, depressed premiums, elevated losses, particularly in some lines of insurance. Now, since then. Um, the insurance industry has generated uh, what many think of as, um, well, let's just say more than adequate capital. So the three subsequent hard markets were entirely earnings events. They were driven by some combination of depressed premiums and elevated or and or uncertain loss levels, particularly in certain lines like cyber. So what's going on now in cyber specifically is yes, losses are elevated, but at least as important, um, at least the insurance industry, you know, longtime insurance industry players don't know where losses are going because of the, the dynamic nature of risk. So what happens is we freeze mm-hmm. and we make our extension more, uh, our extension of capacity more expensive because we get an uncertainty premium for our product. So that's what's going on now. And it's not unlike what's happened uh, in two prior two prior hard markets. Okay. So, you know, with, with that in mind, how long do you think, I mean, you don't have a crystal ball, but, you know, how long do you think this right. could last compared to other hard markets in the past? Like, are you seeing similar characteristics that suggest there's an end in sight or, you know? You know, you know yeah, I'll give you two data points just to frame the issue. So when... Uh, when the insurance industry has decent visibility to future losses, in other words, the nature of risk isn't changing, it's a couple of year adjustment because, you know, basically all that's happened is premium has gotten out of whack with uh, with losses, oftentimes due to competition. So it takes a couple of years to work that out. Um, now, on the other hand, um, we're maybe coming to the end, maybe coming to the end of what has been a 10-year hard market in commercial auto. Again, the reasons that, that are driving that are unimportant, but it comes back to the insurance industry has felt that it didn't really know where future losses were going, and so just kept on raising prices to keep up with it uh, or to hopefully overshoot, right? So so it's anybody's guess within that kind of range where we are with cyber, particularly given the dynamic nature of that risk. Now, my guess would be we've got another two to three years before the marketplace gets comfortable again, that it understands where losses are going. Um, yeah. I, I might uh, uh, add a, a bit of a different angle or an additional angle to this, which is um, I think that there is a, I, I fully agree with, with, with Dave's assessment that, um, you know, it's not about losses last year. It's about the dynamic nature of the risk and how hard it is from the outside as an insurance executive to understand where this is going. And I think that that's what drives a lot of the reluctance now and, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the market conditions. Uh, what I've been finding myself talking more and more when I'm, we talk to uh, you know, folks in the market is that uh, you know, we feel that the, our approach is the right approach to, to look at this risk. And if you start looking at, you know, if you open the hood and start looking at the techno- technology and the cycles and what attackers are doing and having that type of view, 
you get more visibility. You know, we feel more confident than your average insurance exec about where and how to manage this risk. And in my view, you know, I think that if insurance companies um, in, in general continue the last few years of, you know, their engagement with this risk, then I think it might take longer, you know. <laughs> but I think that, you know, there are players in the market, and that is a good example, that have a bit of a leg up and have a bit of a more sense and can quantify and bound this a bit better. And I think that if there is a wider adoption of that mindset, then this might, you know, this might come to pass faster. But, uh, you know, we've been at it for since 2016 for five years, and we haven't seen a wide adoption of the principles of using technical data, active risk monitoring in the wider market. Maybe they didn't need to, but, you know, that doesn't make me optimistic that that will happen in the very short term. Yeah, and if I may, you know, I, I, I referred to commercial auto a moment ago because there's a parallel with cyber and what Roman is pointing to. Um, you know, in the maybe middle innings of that hard market, um, I started to pound the table with, um, with, with brokers, agents, and insureds that they had to adopt technology to mitigate the risk. We would not, we would not be successful um, getting ahead of the loss curve without risk mitigation. And, um, and many customers wouldn't be able to afford to insure their vehicles if they didn't, right? And even in that environment, there has been relatively slow adoption of the kind of engineering approach to risk that uh, that characterizes uh, you know at bay's um, approach to cyber. So it's uh, um, yeah, there is reason to be concerned about how quickly this changes. It all, it really sincerely, it all comes down to how quickly um, you know uh, business people adopt cybersecurity as a really really important part of their of their of their business planning and execution. Yeah, and, and, I, and I would just say, you know, there's, we, we were talking about insurance executives, but uh, a metaphor I like to use with insureds is that, uh, you know, when you live in a good neighborhood, you can leave your door open and everything's going to be fine. And when you live in a tough neighborhood, you know, you need bars on your windows and you need, you know, heavy doors and you need to lock them and all that stuff. You need an alarm system. Um, and the reality is, is that um, for U.S. businesses, from a cyber standpoint, everyone need, now lives in a bad neighborhood and yeah. they just didn't realize it yet. And and that's the reason why you see all those attacks uh, because folks just have subpar security. Uh, not everyone. Some have better security, but everyone needs a nudge. And I think that that nudge uh, has been slow to come. Uh, and the insurance industry is just a byproduct of insuring risks that are fundamentally undersecured uh, without realizing it for a few years. Um, that's how we see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Roman, if you don't mind, let's dive in a bit more into at Bay's approach. Um, you know, you design, you describe yourself as an insurer designed specifically to manage cyber risk. Um, we've touched on, you know, some of these things already, but, you know, what would you say is unique about how at Bay underwrites and manages cyber? Yeah, happy to talk about it. I think, you know, where, where I would start is, is, is the principles. I, I find that, you know, that's an important component of thinking about what is it that we do. And, and there are actually only two. Um, <laughs> the first one is that, you know, an insurance contract is a legal contract between two legal entities, but the damage happens on digital assets. Uh, so in our view, 
um, it, it is impossible to underwrite cyber risk without making this connection between the digital assets when damages happen and the, the, the entity that we're insuring. Or think about it in different terms. You know, you wouldn't insure property without knowing zip code, zip code and type of build. We don't think you should be insuring companies against cyber risk without understanding what technologies that company is using and the vulnerabilities that are attached to those technologies. So that's the first principle. Uh, the second principle is that cyber is a dynamic risk. And what that means is that if even if I have the perfect information about the risk today and it underwrites well, tomorrow something might happen that would make that risk the worst risk in my portfolio, right? And that could be something the company has done or that could be something that attackers are doing differently and is very effective mm-hmm. against the comp- this company-specific technology stack. Um, but the good news is that the day after tomorrow, if the company does the right thing, they might come back to become a very good risk uh, in the portfolio. And what we found is that staying on top of changes to the technology stack of the companies and to attacker tactics, and then working closely with companies to mitigate risks is is a very effective tool to lower the number of events we're seeing for companies in our portfolio. So, you know, the first step is getting the data, if you will, and getting the right data. The second step is keeping that data up to date and then actioning when we see issues uh, on that data. Uh, That, uh, you know, those are principles that are um, simple but not easy. Um, uh, And they required us to build a technology stack and an organization that is able to keep pace with this kind of changing environment and is able to use technical information uh, to make underwriting decisions and to make servicing decisions. But what we call security services is our ability to work with portfolio companies to mitigate loss or mitigate cyber events. Yeah, if I may, I, I, this the last point that Roman made is is uh, from uh, HSBs and my personal perspective, the decisive one is there is there is uh, a lot of technology deployed around to monitor risk uh, and maybe to uh, issue reports to business people about what they might do to mitigate at bay actively risk mitigates. Uh, and what resonates with HSB is it really is the 21st century equivalent, that engineering capability of what uh, HSB built uh, in the 1800s um, that ultimately led to uh, HSB being uh, really very much a leader in boiler inspection and standard setting. And standard setting and the ability to, to be in the conversation about like what we ought to do and to create standards around it is hugely important. Um, and, and in that regard, at bay uh, with HSB support is very much at this intersection of technology, engineering and risk. Um, so usually, usually, usually important that that leaning into mitigation. That standard setting point is interesting because I feel like a lot of people, um, as you've both described, the cyber market's very dynamic, both in terms of the risk, but also in terms of, you know, the insurer solutions and sort of who's providing what. There aren't yet sort of standards in terms of what's required, what people will offer, etc. You know, Dave, from, from your perspective, do you think at bay is a good sort of, you know, look at them, look at them, look what they're doing. This is a good good standard to follow 
Absolutely. I, I, uh, you know, I would defer to Roman on, on, on all particulars here. But for me, as uh, let's say um, not technically oriented uh, around cyber, more of a traditional insurance company approach, I would say, uh, you know, I've learned enough from Roman and at bay to realize that there's great potential here. And, uh, you know, not just best practices, if you will, but but absolutely, you know, here's how we know you've got it mitigated. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, um, I think that uh, it, it is hard to set a standard around something as dynamic as the cyber market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that to me just means that one needs to stay, take a step back and think about it in principles type of terms. And, you know, and like I mentioned, you know, previously on our operating principles, what is very con- constant in what we do is this, we can't wait. You know, you need to be able to act quickly. You need to be able to prioritize because, you know, you know, we're not talking about it now, but in the wider cybersecurity world, there are hundreds of not thousands of issues that are coming up every day. And there are no organizations that can cope with that volume of, of activity. So someone needs to sit there and say, all those 99.9% of issues are just irrelevant. You know, they could be a nuance, nuisance, sorry, but uh, they're just not critical. And this one or two issues, boy, do we need to spend all our time and on figuring those out. And, you know, that's what we found find ourselves tackling and uh, coping with on a, on a day-to-day basis. And I think that, you know, because we are in a position where we understand the financial impact of some of those things, um, we are much, much better positioned to, to prioritize. Uh, so that's that's a constant. And I think the other constant is you can't wait. You need to action. Um, you know, attackers are very crafty. You know, it's a, you have a human uh, adversary here who wants to make money. And the way they make money is by making you as a company suffer or pay money. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a criminal activity that you, can, you can't wait. And, you know, what, what's striking about cyber, in my view, is that as little as 30 minutes of work of an IT person can save multi-million dollar claims, you know, can save a company from bankruptcy. It is, it is that stark. Um, so being on top of it is another principle that I think uh, we'll see, you know, becoming more widespread. Mm-hmm. That's a good stat, that 30 minutes one. <laughs> I'm sure everyone would be like, oh, we can, you know, <laughs> we can dedicate 30 minutes. But, uh, but yeah, no. So, um, I mean, one of the big topics uh, of the past year to 18 months um, has been this sort of surge in ransomware, obviously one of the big issues of the day. Um, Roman, at Bay recently produced a report, uh, I think, talking about how you've been successful in managing ransomware in your portfolio. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So we, we put out a report earlier this year that... Uh, that argued a couple of things. Um, and it's all, by the way, based on the same principles and activities that we've just covered. Uh, the first one is that we uh, we see, and this is, I think, the most interesting statistic in that report, is that if you just take an underwriting snapshot, even with all the technology we've built about da- around data collection, we only see a small part uh, of the exposure of the technical critical issues, cyber critical issues exposure of a company. Um, and we see the majority of that in our continuous scanning during the, the policy period. Uh, and that, you know, that is a very strong argument for this continuous monitoring and active risk management uh, that we do. So that was, I think, that the most interesting thing about the report. And then the other thing that the report did is it, it talked about 
how successful we are in in managing ransomware frequency. Uh, look, we at Adway believe that uh, not having an event is better than having an event and managing the insurance profitability through limits and pricing and all that stuff. Uh, it goes beyond uh, just making a profit as an insurance-focused uh, uh, company. It's, it goes to the mission of having businesses uh, safer from cyber attacks. Um, and what we showed in the report is, is that, you know, our approach with the scanning and with the active risk management is very efficient in reducing the number of attacks uh, or the number of events we have in our portfolio by an order of magnitude versus what we see in the market. Yeah, if I could just uh, just just throw in a comment here. To me, what's what's eye catching there is um, driving outcomes for business people, right? I mean, lower incidence of events that could be extremely damaging to that business. That is an outcome, and uh, and at bay gets those outcomes. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um- the other, so another big thing, especially sort of if I'm thinking headlines of 2021, um, we had some big sort of events uh, in the US and around the world uh, where cyber abrog- aggregation um, was the big issue. Uh, it's a big concern in the marketplace. Um, so Dave, I'll come to you first. What's your take on aggregation potential in the cyber line of business? Is this something that can be mitigated? Well, I'll take the first question first. Um, like how big a concern is it? I would say it is the biggest concern uh, among insurance industry executives. And it's a big concern in part because we have no real history of, um, of actual widespread events that have affected large numbers of businesses or individuals, right? We just hasn't happened yet, mercifully. Um, so it's very difficult to quantify, you know, unlike natural catastrophes where we have lots of information over long periods of time, uh, even though there again, it's becoming more dynamic given climate change. Um, so drawing on our experience with natural catastrophes, even if we assign a 2% loss in the event of a very widespread, um, cyber event, 2% produces very, very big numbers, very big numbers uh, that would uh, easily rival um, the most severe natural catastrophe. Um, And so, and and we're painfully aware as an industry that, um, that we don't really know, we don't have good tools to quantify that. So that's, that, that's part of the uncertainty and why we're experiencing these so-called hard market conditions. Now, relative to mitigation, we absolutely believe that um, that it's possible to mitigate the widespread effect, uh, and we, we we see plenty of evidence that Bay is actually has tools and and processes that enable that to happen. Yeah, and and I can talk a bit about um, so on the broad topic, the the core uh, the key point that they've made is that we just don't have experience, right? And it is very very difficult. To model or to grope with anything that you have zero experience in. I mean, you can use other lines, uh, you can use theoretical models, but in the end of the day, what this causes is it causes that everyone would have their own view, and then it's very difficult to reach consensus. It, it's just 
you know, talk about lack of studentization and dynamic nature of the three. This, this doesn't help. Um, so the conversations around this in the market are still very, very difficult, uh, in my view. Now, what I do think that uh, we are trying to do um, is, you know, like I mentioned, a very small intervention uh, with cyber risk can lead to big savings of loss, potential loss, right? And we think that that is absolutely true for, for aggregation events uh, as well. And, you know, what we are concerned, what I am concerned about is I think that the most likely near-term accumulation event would be an event where there is a widespread software vulnerability that is easily detectable and easily exploitable and that will be exploited by criminal cyber criminal gangs for profit, most likely through ransomware because that has proven to be the most uh, effective business model to extract money from uh, cybercrime activity. Now, the, the good news, if you will, is that launching an at-scale attack uh, like that, and making sure that you can uh, you can bridge vulnerabilities at scale and extract money and have the infrastructure to manage all that is it doesn't take a day. You know, it's a process. You know, think about it as a software development and launch process. You know, what we would do when we have a new tech product to put in the market, and that means that it takes weeks, if not months, uh, to get to. Uh, so our approach at AdBay is that if attackers um, are working on something like this, we will know it because we have cyber researchers with the polls on attacker tactics. And we should be able to work with companies in our portfolio to mitigate this issue before it becomes a widespread issue. Um, and that, that has been, so think about it as one of the things we're looking at, right? When we're looking at uh, potential events and we're trying to make this prioritization between the you know, hundreds of things we see every day, we ask ourselves, okay, can this be exploited at scale? Could this affect a large part of our book or of our, of our insureds? And if so, let's prioritize that and make sure that we mitigate that um, in time. And, and look, we've seen a number of those types of events this year that didn't cause accumulation loss, but had the full potential to cause accumulation loss. Um, Microsoft Exchange had an issue that we were worried about back in March. Uh, where you know it took us a bit a bit more than two weeks to have our portfolio resilient from the day Microsoft published the patch, uh, but there were others as well. And you know every time again we see this type of an event, we we make sure that we focus on it and and make and help companies in our portfolio become resilient to it. Um, and I think that that's that's a that's a this is like one of those things that are different from traditional insurance. You know when a hurricane is coming and your insurance property. You know more or less what the path is. You know more or less how much exposure you have in the zip codes that are going to be affected, and then you sit and wait and pray or drink whatever your your thing is. <laughs> uh, for us, when we see a vulnerability that we're worried about, it's not a sit and pray type of a. It's a very hectic time in the company to make sure that we can mitigate as much of it for our portfolio as possible. You know, I, I just I want to jump on the reference to uh, to hurricanes. You know, when uh, when a hurricane is impending, what do people in coastal areas do? Well, they board up windows, doors. They do a variety of things to to do what they can to secure um, to secure their property. And uh, you know, it's not a it's not a precise parallel, but you know, I think about the the Microsoft Exchange example at, at bay and think, well, okay, they saw a vulnerability. There was a storm potentially coming, figured out 
what you know windows and doors and roof securing and all that kind of thing was going to be required to maximize chances of it not hurting our customers. Very similar. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I like that. Good way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, um, with that in mind, just just quickly, Roman, in terms of at bay. Um, the general dynamic in the marketplace, as we've you know just discussed, is is tightening. Some carriers are scrambling to kind of figure out how to shore up their portfolios. What's at bay's sort of outlook for for twenty twenty two, and what does your sort of capacity citation look like um, going into so, next year? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, we are, you know, we've had good and solid results and uh, strong growth uh, through twenty twenty one. And we expect to continue uh, with that uh, into 2022. We expect to grow uh, our our book of business and help more companies uh, deal with cyber risk. And we're also expecting to invest a lot more in kind of risk mitigation technology uh, to be able to service more cu- more customers more effectively. So, no, very much optimistic. Uh, if anything, we see this environment as a like I mentioned previously, as a kind of a validation of our basic thesis and and a good place for us to continue our, our trajectory. Excellent. That's good to hear. Um, okay, so just to kind of round this out, I just want to take a, another quick look at the partnership, um, HSB and AtBay. Obviously, you've got a good thing going here. Um, so, Dave, you know, from your experience, what have you learned from working with an insure tech like AtBay? Hmm. Well... You know, more than I have time to uh, to enumerate, I, I think at a high level, um, you know, Roman was commenting earlier about how, you know, insurance executives don't really understand cyber risk, don't really understand cyber mitigation, and therefore are fearful of it. Um, I'd say the most important thing I learned from, from uh, Roman and his colleagues is, well, I learn a lot about cyber risk and how to mitigate it. Uh, and I am, for that reason, personally more comfortable, uh, not, I say more comfortable, not completely comfortable, but more comfortable with the nature of risk and the prospects for wrapping our hands around it uh, over time. So um, so that's, uh, that's the, I'd say, the, one of the very important things. But, but even more important than that, um, it's good to be around uh, a, an insure tech, uh, particularly in a troubled area, to be reminded um, that even the most volatile and dynamic risks can be understood and can be mitigated by resourceful and committed people. So I, I hope to always be around um, uh, insure techs like at bay to remind me of that when the going gets tough. <laughs> And Roman, flipping that question over to you, what are your thoughts on sort of what have you learned from working with HSB and and, and Dave? So look, um, you know, we are uh, newcomers to the insurance space, or at least we're in 2016. Uh, I feel that the last five years were kind of dog years in that respect. So, but uh, uh, and I think that you know there is a lot of things as a as a newcomer to an industry that is hard to appreciate without having kind of the deep roots and. And the understanding of how things work, um, and you know, in insurance, it's particularly hard because you know Dave has been doing this for a while. It's his fourth cycle, 
You know, you kind of need to see some of those things. It's hard to get them through data that you would use as a, as a tech company to, to make decisions. And I think that broader context is, is very, very helpful. Um, you know, there are, there are mistakes you would make if you don't have that uh, context. And I think that, uh, you know, through the relationship with HSB, that has been a common theme of, you know, bringing that um, long tradition and long view of, of how the market evolves is, is, uh, is one thing I would, I would mention. Yeah. And that, so, you know, five successful years, um, where do you both see the relationship between HSB and AppBay going, sort of heading into the future? Uh, look, uh, there is so much more to do. Uh, you know, we are in the very first innings of uh, of managing this risk. I mean, we're focusing on cyber. The reality is, is you know, we've seen this trend of businesses use more technology for what you know forever, but maybe digital technology for the last fifty years or so, and we're just starting. You know, most of the businesses are still or a lot of our business activities is still offline and it's not going to be there for long. So for us, this is just the start of a great area. And on the flip side, we very firmly believe that the approach to manage this risk will have a very significant technology and engineering component to it. Uh, and, you know, I view HSB's uh, long-term goal into kind of managing risks that have that component. I mean, fundamentally, you know, HSB is a, is a, older company that at bay by far but the thesis is kind of the same so i i expect you know there is there is alignment and mission if you will uh which will you know time will tell but i think that i'm very uh, optimistic that this will mean a strong partnership for for many years to come you know as am i and 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 part of what underlies that is uh you know cyber is a very important line of business for hsb also for our owner munich re um, which has said publicly and repeatedly that it intends to be the global leader uh, in the insurance reinsurance market in cyber risk. And we mean it. Uh, and so from my personal perspective and, and speaking for HSB senior management, we sincerely believe that at bay is, uh, let's say, best in class in sure tech. Uh, in the cyber market and that because of this active risk mitigation that is so much a part of what Etbay does and their success in doing it really is bringing a superior service along with the product to the small to mid-sized business and therefore has a phenomenal opportunity to grow and uh, and you know to the point that we've made a few times it's the kind of approach to the market that we want to be at HSB, we want to be associated with. So we're working very hard to persistently and perpetually strengthen the relationship. Mm -hmm. That's great. And I think more and more people are starting to kind of understand that approach or at least figure out that that's something they should be thinking about. Um, yep. So it's definitely, you know, a very exciting time. I think there's lots of good stuff on the cards for this relationship. So excited to see how that goes. Um, Dave Roman, I think that's a, a great place to end this discussion today. Um, lots of interesting things there. So thank you both very much for sharing your insights. Thank you for having uh, us. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with, uh, with you today. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, and thanks also to our listeners for tuning in. Um, I'm Bethan Moorcraft, Senior Editor at Insurance Business. Make sure to check out the rest of our podcast 
at IB Talk, our TV episodes, and daily news at www.insuranceBusinessMag.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of IBA Talk. For more from Roman and the team from At Bay, visit them at at-bay.com. That's at-bay.com. Thank you for listening to IB Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts.